Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. LMFM Sunday Sport. Your sport, your station. You're very welcome back to LMFM Sunday Sport. David Sheen with you until 5 o'clock. Now we're currently at the mid-season break in the League of Ireland and it's certainly been an eventful opening to the campaign in the Premier Division. We've had late goals of plenty, managerial changes and a surprising reversal of fortunes for the two North East clubs. Here to cast an eye over things so far is Owen Cowser of the Irish Sun. Owen, as I mentioned there, there's been stories of plenty to follow. Almost every club has been involved in some kind of drama, either on or off the field. Before we take a look at Drawhead or Dundalk's respective performances, what have been the stories, for, for better or worse, that have caught your eye this season? Um, well, I think you have to look at the top of the table. That that Sligo are top. I mean, to be honest, at the start of the year, I thought they'd be good, just the way they came back after the restart and signing Greg Bulger was going to improve them. I actually expected the goals up front would come from Romeo Parks rather than Jordan Gibson, but they've probably been that bit better than anyone expected as well. Not having injuries has been a big deal. Obviously, Shamrock Rovers and the late goals, as you mentioned, but it's not just that they're scoring the late goals, it's that they've needed them, which is, has been the big story. They still look to have not, not, not got it right since Jack Byrne and Aaron McIniff left. So, so that is them. But yet, they're only one point off the top of the table. I think, I'm wondering by the end of the season, are their rivals going to think they missed their opportunity early, early this season when they were being a bit off? St. Pat's have been better than anyone expected. Bohemians have, I think, it's kind of, even they in this start of the season, they've almost had a story of two seasons. They started badly and they've improved. Uh, what, I, I don't know, is Waterford a surprise? Maybe it's a surprise to all the managerial changes, but I think at the start of the year, we all thought they'd struggle. But I think I think the biggest story has definitely been the two loud clubs. I mean, did anyone expect Drogheda to be above Dundalk? I don't think anyone thought Drogheda were going to struggle, but I think it's more that, that Dundalk are seventh in the table. Yeah, and I mean, you say that about Drogheda, but I, I remember looking at a few season previews. Now, you know, not necessarily from people that would be keeping a really close eye on it, but on a few of the websites and that, and maybe it's just it's just kind of laziness of picking the two promoted teams, but a lot of a lot of people were promote, were picking Drogheda to struggle and to maybe be relegated. But as you said there, I don't know how much you've, you've seen of them. I'm obviously seeing probably a lot more of them than most people, but they have been really good. They've they've suffered a little bit with injuries more than any other team, but they've still managed to, to maintain that form. Have you been surprised yourself by the, by how they've how they've gone? I'm surprised they're fourth, um, definitely. But I, I, w- I would have thought they were going to be mid-table. I think like Tim Clancy, he's one of the best managers in the league. His teams are always well organised. They're always fit, like like a part-time club, and they're. I, I doubt they run out of legs against anyone. His signings have probably surprised me that they've worked better than I expected. I mean, like Dane Massey coming off a hip injury, you weren't sure how well he'd be, and he's, he's been a sensation. Gary Deegan relegated with Shelburne last year, he's been excellent, mm. and the likes of James Brown. I know we had a couple of Premier games a few years ago, but stepping into the Premier and 
it's probably the best right back in the league right now. Like players, things like that have helped them. Mark Doyle scoring goals. It, I think they've done that bit better than anyone expected. It, just in terms of like, if if you if you flipped it around and said Drogheda were seventh and Dundalk were fourth, you'd probably say, ah, yeah, that'd be normal. And we would have thought that at the mid-season break, but definitely they have been far better. And maybe they'll get found out as teams learn more about them, but. The thing with Drogheda and the thing with Tim Clancy is I suspect they'll come up with a few surprises and keep doing this all year. Yeah, and I suppose the, the thing with, with, with Drogheda, as you mentioned there, the fitness levels are, are obviously on a par with any of the teams in the division. They haven't run out of legs, as you've mentioned. But, you know, the the way that they've kind of gotten their wins as well, like they got a few un- unexpected wins, particularly against St. Pat's at home that night when they played really well. But the one thing, and Drogheda are, are, are chief among them as well, but the one thing that strikes me about the division, and you're you're obviously doing this a lot more than or a lot longer than me, and you've seen a lot more games down the years, but... I can't think of too many teams in the Premier Division that, that don't try and get the ball down and play football. Finn Harps can be a little bit direct at times, but even they are, are well able to knock it around. And pretty much every team in the division is trying to play football. And it's actually it's actually great to watch. By and large, every game you, you go to is pretty entertaining. Is that something you've seen change over the years? Oh, yeah, it certainly has. That like I think even if you go back 10, 12 years, I mean, the, the Great Bohemians team in 2008, which I think at the time it set a points record and won a double, like they were very much four four two diagonal balls out of the wingers, and that was how everybody played back then. So like it, there definitely has been a big change. Like you mentioned, Finn Harps. Like it's probably no coincidence that Finn Harps have, have been better this year. They don't look like they're going to be in a relegation struggle, and they've got a lot more footballers in the team than even last year. So there has been that change, and yeah, it's great. I mean, the fact that summer football obviously helps. The pitches help. Fitness is there, like. I mean, we're just talking about Drogheda and the fitness. I think every club is much fitter than they were. And I think that could just be a change it's in football in general. I mean, when you watch games from 10 years ago from the Premier League internationals, they're much slower than any games now. You just seem to see why that football is gone. Yeah, it certainly has. And as I said, I'm, I'm a relative newcomer, I suppose, to the League of Ireland only the last few years going to matches, but it definitely has. And I'm often trying to convince friends of mine to, to go along and watch a game. They might be pleasantly surprised, but uh, that's still a work in progress, I suppose. But... I suppose we could we could turn to Dundalk now. I mean, we could spend the next hour maybe talking about them. But, you know, one interesting development last week was that Jim Jilton sort of seems to have softened his stance a little bit on not becoming the manager. He was unequivocal a while back that he wasn't interested in taking the job, but he was put on the spot by Dan McDonnell last week. I'm sure you saw that after that game. And he didn't rule himself out in such definite terms. What have you made of Dundalk's search for manager? It's been going on almost two months now. Yeah, it, it does seem to be a struggle because... I mean, I know there's no suggestion that uh, Vinnie Perth is back in the frame for it, and and Jim McGilton obviously has off understands. Jim McGuinness is actually saying that like he's continued dialogue. It does seem to be a lot of uncertainty that like if if you're a manager looking for a job, I mean, I mean, there's always managers looking for jobs. I think getting one from abroad is a bit harder given COVID nineteen restrictions. And within Ireland, you're looking and you're, you're wondering. It's not just about what are Dundalk going to do this year. It's what what are Dundalk going to do next year as well. I mean, there's only, I think there's only one senior player under contract after the end of this season. So there's a lot up in the air there to decide. The, the results are also like I just I just cannot believe some of the real results Dundalk have had this year because it, it's still a very good team, and it just seems they just need to settle down. And yeah, Jim Gilton he's he wasn't as um, hard that he, he was definitely not going to take the job. And it could be just a case of just getting someone in and just getting some consistency there because like, I think the, big, the biggest problem so far is that Dundalk, like, just, as a journalist, it's great because Dundalk are a story every week. But I'd say just for everyone at Dundalk, they would just wish that they just weren't making a headline just for a few weeks and just so they could get a few results. Yeah, and I guess the thing about it as well is it's so... 
you know, it's hard to believe sometimes how quickly king, things can come off the rails. I mean, only a couple of years ago, Dundalk were all conquering. Stephen Kenny was there. Now, we know he left. Vinnie Perth came in, struggled a little bit at the beginning, but got them over the line. They won the league. Um, the talk of him coming back, though, if the club is to turn around after almost two months now, and, and who knows how long it'll be before they appoint a manager, and reappoint a man they sacked less than a year ago, I mean, that's that's surely a bit of a farcical situation. Oh, it has to be. And yeah, but the other thing is, you look at Dundalk now compared to where they were, and like Vinnie Perth's reputation has been enhanced with every passing month of us what we see at Dundalk. Mm. So I think that is the issue as well. Like a lot has to look in that last year when he was sacked um, after the European game, they'd had a bad start, and it did look a bit sudden. But the fact that they got the bounce and then reached the Europa League group stages, won the FAI Cup, like it did look like it looked like it was like. Yeah. It was a decision that didn't backfire on them. But now, as you said, it would be a bit of a farce that to be looking back. And you would have to ask questions about the hierarchy if you have to go back because it is acknowledging you made a mistake. And one of the things that came to light recently was that, you know, the, the supporters kind of group that's been formed now and they're trying to have a little bit of a voice within the club. We know, obviously, crowds haven't been in the grounds for a while. That will hopefully change and it's, it's going to change at some clubs in the near future. But if you're a Dundalk fan, would you be massively concerned... You know, even the, who the manager is at this point in time, in the grander scheme of things, isn't massively important. Obviously, it's important to an extent, but the wider picture at the club with peak six involvement and everything else, would you be concerned if you're the Dock supporter that the club could really go off a cliff in the next couple of years? Yeah, I didn't think the fact, as I mentioned earlier, only one senior player under contract. Um, the, but when looking for the manager, seemingly they're just looking for a manager until the end of the season and then reevaluate again. I mean, at this point, you, you do have to worry. Like, in 2016, when Dundalk first, I suppose, broke that glass ceiling and went into Europe, I remember all the players were on one-year contracts. But then, it, that wasn't a, uh, wasn't a business model. It was purely that it was the way the club was operating that you couldn't be sure what it was going to be like every year. Just that's the League of Ireland, you know, finances are tight. For Peak Six to be doing that now this season, bringing in international players on big wages, it it does look like it's almost a season-by-season season evaluation. Like, they're not looking to sell these players on for big transfer fees, which is more the model that League of Ireland clubs would normally go down. So, the, the, with with all those contracts, I do think there is a lot of uncertainty what comes next, what comes in 2022. 20, and, yeah, I mean, as a, if you're a Dundalk fan, I, I do think you, there, you would have to have legitimate concerns because there's a lot of money being pumped in. Peak six... I don't think any club owner goes in with the intention of losing money they all go in with the intention of gaining money so so where do they stand now they've been what was it 2018 they started so what's it's the fourth season I mean how, how long how much longer do they intend doing it or do they intend to look to sell up I mean we see Lee Power selling up Waterford last week yeah. I mean, it, it, and Lee Power has connections to Waterford himself so like I mean I'm, I'm not saying like peak six I mean they own they own clubs elsewhere. They they appear to have been good owners uh, elsewhere. I mean, Dundalk have still won trophies. They bankroll the club. I mean, with the exception of I think everyone in Dundalk wishes Oriel Park was in better condition. They've done they've done some good things for the club as well. But the fact that they're not connected to the club and everything. I think in Ireland in the League of Ireland we have a history of watching owners largely from abroad and. There's probably been, there's been more bad experiences than good ones. And so, if yeah, if I was an Dundalk fan, I would have legitimate concerns. When you look at Lee Power, and you mentioned him there stepping away from Waterford, I mean, they, they had that kind of near miss with, with Europe, uh, I think it was last season, and it felt like that was a bit of a tipping point. And that's maybe of a piece with the Dundalk situation, where European football, 
you know, in terms of bang for your buck, if you're somebody with, with money to spend on a football club, you could probably access the riches of Europe, well, there's no probably about it, a lot quicker via the League of Ireland than you could by spending equivalent money in England, which would maybe get you, I don't even know, a League 1 or a League 2 club if you were lucky. So is that what you're sort of seeing with the likes of Lee Power and Peak Six as well, maybe to an extent, when they're coming in, they're looking for that European money. And if that doesn't happen in a year or two, then, you know, and that's, and obviously Dundalk are, are kind of in that position at the moment where European football is going to be out of reach, possibly this season. They could still make a run of it, obviously. They're not that far out of the European places. But is that something that you kind of think a lot of owners have an eye on when they take over? And if that doesn't come to fruition, then they're just going to pack their bags and go. Well, it was definitely the case with Lee Power. I remember the day he took over Waterford, I interviewed him, and he actually did, the first thing he mentioned was Europe, that he saw it as an easier way into Europe. And like, as you say, you get more bang for your buck very quickly. So that was his, Dundalk obviously were bought by Peak Six when they were already seen as a club who would reach the group stages. They've done it again. Um, but I, I don't think it's just even, um, you know, foreign owners coming in doing this. I mean, obviously Lee Power isn't, you know, he's, London Irish, so he'd be a bit different. But I think even any businessman connected with a club is they're doing it. Like Shamrock Rovers are now got Dermot Desmond involved. He, I mean, he, he's doing that to invest in a club that he hopes will be successful, sell players on, be profitable. Um, like they're all doing that. It, it is like Europe is obviously the golden goose for every, everyone here, uh, and I, I do think that will be the case with, with and going forward as well, unless there's an All-Ireland League and there's suddenly money involved. So, and so, Sorry, we, we just getting back to Peak 6. That that was clearly their element. They they haven't invested much in Oriel Park and other than the training ground. So it has been about success on the pitch and success if, within Ireland isn't going to pay the bills. It has to be about success in Europe. Yeah, and I mean, again, to, to just to look at the Waterford situation for a moment as an example, I mean, I remember Drogheda's first game of the season was against Waterford and I had an awful time trying to find you know, cobble together the squad that Waterford had assembled because they had only had, I think they only had two players listed on their website under the squad section. So basically had to trawl through news stories and they brought in so many players on loan and all that kind of stuff, as you will well know. So yeah. this kind of hodgepodge approach to it, it seems maybe like Lee Power was kind of dialed out of it at that point already and he wasn't going to put any more money in. But that's the sort of thing that confuses me a little bit, especially with Dundalk at the moment. They're, the strategy and the players that have brought they've brought in haven't worked out. We know Filippo Giovanioli would have picked a lot of those guys. Um, we're not, you know, 100% sure who would have picked all of the players, but certainly Filippo would have had a, a say in a lot of the players. But if you're an owner and you're trying to get you're trying to get a, a good squad together and push on in Europe, the contract situation last year was a problem with Sean Gannon and Sean Hoare leaving, just to name two. So it doesn't seem to be the most coherent approach to build a successful team and get into Europe if that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, no, that's it. it did look like this year was a one-year push, just in ter- basically because of the contracts. In um, Dundalk's last game against St. Pat's, I remember looking at the two team sheets, there was as many players in the St. Pat's starting eleven who were part of Dundalk's Europa League team in 2016 as there wasn't in the Dundalk team. Like, so we're not like we're talking about John Mountney, Robbie Benson and Paddy Barrett, like players who are coming into their prime. They should still be at Dundalk, surely. Because I mean, if you're building a winning culture, you keep your... You know, you keep your best players around in the core at the best of their career and you complement that with younger players. But Dundalk have gone another way, um, which, and as you say, it doesn't look to be building a winning culture. It looks to be building a one-season tilt. Uh, I, I don't remember it ever working before. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure your listeners will tell me there are many examples, but it just goes, it flies against everything that you believe about how to build a winning football club. 
Yeah, I'm sure Drogheda fans are listening in, very frustrated that we've been dedicating a lot of the time in this chat to Dundalk. But that's that's well, a compliment to Drogheda because they've been doing yeah. their business properly. Yeah, well, that's it. Like Drogheda have been building. Like they brought in Tim Clancy, a novice manager. They get they they show patience. They have faith in them. There was a couple of near misses. They've gone up and they're reaping the rewards. I mean, as we we keep saying, we think well, I think they're doing a bit better than I expected, but. Now, now that they're fourth, it, you are—they are legitimate challengers for qualifying for Europe. I mean, would you be that surprised if they went on a cup run? No, I mean that—that's this is the reward for showing patience with a man. Well, he was successful, so it wasn't patience, but mm-hmm. showing faith in a manager, giving him the time, and he has put together a brilliant squad that is doing very well. Absolutely. Just one final thing then. Um, Sligo currently sitting top of the table, as you mentioned, a point ahead of Shamrock Rovers, who have, as you mentioned, and we saw it at, at um, Head in the Game Park and in numerous other games there where they've gotten late equalisers, late winners, Rovers. But they're still right in there. If you had to pick a winner at the moment uh, from the, from that maybe top two or three, do you think it's going to come down to Sligo and Shamrock Rovers? And who do you think will allege it? Uh, I think Shamrock Rovers still. Um, I just think we've been going on about those late goals that the fact they've done it so often, it's no fluke. That, like, it's not luck that they're doing it so often. Mm. The fact that they've needed to do so often is something that they should be worried about. They've also fallen behind in seven of their 14 games, which, like, it's remarkable for a team that's a title t- challenger to be that iffy defensively, to, to keep falling behind, and, and that's an issue. But the other thing is, the start of this year, like, they lost Jack Byrne and Aaron McNiff. I know Jack Byrne got all the headlines and all the plaudits, but Aaron McAniff was equally as important in that team. He made that midfield tick. So they lost their two best players. So they're still betting in with what they want to do. So these, this start of the season was the time when you would have thought rivals were going to take their best shot at them and hurt them. The fact they've had injuries as well meant that they, there was more problems for them. And yet, now 14 games in, they're one point off the top of the table. I think, as I mentioned earlier, I do think come the end of the season, like Sligo Rovers, uh, they drew one all with them in the showgrounds. I wonder where they're going to regret that. Then St. Pat's have lost games to them, or drew and lost. Are they going to regret that? That there's, there's been a chance there to knock Rovers, Shamrock Rovers off that perch. I know we're only 14 games in, and they haven't haven't really happened. Like they could be 10 points worse off right now, but they're not. Yeah, that's it. That's, I suppose, the sign of the champions that they can continually dig out those results. Listen, the league resumes next weekend. We'll all be back at it then. Owen Cowser of the Irish Sun. Thanks very much for taking the call. Thank you. LMFM Sunday Sport. Your sport, your station. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.